Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to the Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning. Man, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're in your car. Uh, wherever you are right now, driving, working out, or if you're lying in bed with us, that you know, some people say they do that too. Welcome to the show. This week, I have uh, an incredible story from an incredible man. He's coming all the way uh, from Thailand for us today, and his name is Andres Pira. Andres Pira, and you know, this guy has done so much. We're going to talk about going essentially from homeless to billionaire, and he's done this through real estate development. He has seminars, teachings, and trainings he does. Um, you know, he left, <laughs> we we're going to get into a story about how he got a $2,000 inheritance from the death of his grandfather and decided to take that and start a new living because of it and really starting from just about nothing uh, into creating what he's created now, using everything from the law of attraction, uh, working on manifestation and mindset. And he began getting into real estate sales, found several property investors, believed his ambitions. And he's now, you know, the person behind some major, major uh, resort developments all over uh, Southeast Asia and around. And the, my, my favorite part about this is you have this 36-year-old, a little younger than I am, billionaire, offering some advice about his journey and about how he's grown his group of companies to a worth of approximately $1.8 billion. So welcome to the show, serial businessman, Andres Pira. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt, for having me. It's a pleasure being, in, uh, being here with you today. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to really jump in with, with you. So the first thing I want to find out is, you know, you, you obviously have a, a ton of vision and you're creating and have created so much, not just wealth, but you created opportunities, right? To, to run a billion dollar plus empire, you have to have people involved. So one of the things I, I love understanding about is when someone's created a ton of wealth, they usually have also created a ton of opportunity for people around them. When you were growing up, did you have an idea that you wanted to, I don't know, become someone special or create something you know, worth remembering? Did, did you grow up as an entrepreneur in that kind of mindset? Or did you grow up thinking you were going to be a totally going down a different track and then you got changed along the way? What, was, what were you like as a kid? Well, absolutely the opposite. I always thought that I was never going to be anything to be proud of. And I thought that life just happens to me and I'm not in control and I didn't have any goals. I didn't have any visions, any desires. And I was just living day by day and I knew that I was going to be a failure in life. And that was my, my core belief almost my whole youth. And, uh, and um, I'm in, in my country in Sweden when I was grow, growing up. Did you grow up with both mom and dad or one or the other? And um, what was family style it, like? Did you have someone supporting you or someone speaking against you? How, how was that dynamic? Well, I, I, I had two very supportive uh, um, parents and uh, I, they taught me a lot in life, but they, they were divorced. So I was living one week uh, there and one week uh, at the other place. And uh, no, but I was, I, I was grown up in the suburbs uh, of Stockholm, which is... Uh, one of the worst. So we didn't have any future there and we were always involved in bad activities. And I jumped out of school when I was 14. So I thought that um, there was never going to be anything on me because I didn't have any education. 
I had problem with the law, so I couldn't get the, 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 the jobs that I wanted. So I thought that I was doomed for life. What, what was the plan at that point? You said at 14 leaving school, did you think I'm going to try to find a job somewhere and scrape by? Um, or how old were you when you really began thinking, you know, maybe I can crawl out of this. Maybe I can do something, go somewhere. Was it at 14, 15 or was it later on? Uh, no, absolutely not. That, that, when I started to believe that uh, we are very powerful beings is when I hit rock bottom being homeless in Thailand, sleeping on a beach when I was around 20 years old. And that's when I just started to discover secrets of the mind. And that's how I changed my whole life around. But no, from 14 in Sweden until 19, 19 and a half before I left, I was just, um, it's just a foggy brain of parties and, and miseries and failures. <laughs> I don't, don't want to laugh, but a foggy brain of parties, <laughs> miseries, and failures. They all go together. Uh, so you find yourself homeless. You, you travel to Thailand. Um, and I'm reading your bio, right? You have, uh, you know, down to your last $100. And man, I relate. I, I remember taking the, the, the opportunity of a lifetime to go to Australia from America for the first time and landing there with 40 bucks in my pocket, nowhere to sleep and going, if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to figure something out, if I'm going to make something of myself here, this is my chance. When you got to that point where you're sleeping on the beach, did you have a moment of epiphany when you just, you know, the sun shined, some, you know, a, a spirit walked by you and said, you are mate, meant for more? Or what, was it kind of a gradual series of events? Walk me through the story of, of deciding to go from sleeping on the beach to what comes next? How do you know what your next step is to do something new and different? Well, like transformation, I would say it's, it doesn't happen overnight with anyone. It takes, it takes years. It, 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 it takes a long time to change from one person to another and even personalities and mindset and your beliefs and erasing limiting beliefs and all that. Of course, it's, it takes a long time, but two, there were two moments being on, the, on that beach that, that I started to understand who I really am. And one of them was also uh, realizing that everything that we do in life and wherever we are in life and what moment we are in life and what we're doing and where we end up, is all because of our own actions. It's all because of what we think and how we feel and how we take decisions in, in, in our life. So but when I was homeless at that part, I, I really thought that it was everyone else's fault. It was the world. It was my employees. It was my parents, my friends. And it was everyone else's fault except mine. And it's when I really took that into consideration and I understood that it's actually not, not no one's fault except me. I am here because of my own actions. I am here because of what the decisions I made. So it's actually only because of yourself. And that's when I started to understand that you're the actual creator of your own reality and you put yourself where you want to be in life, depending on your actions, decisions and mindset. What, what's your, what's your take or philosophy on? Cause I, I, I certainly appreciate the, the taking responsibility, right? For your choices, your actions and every, everything you do with what you've been given. What's your philosophy on what you've been given? Meaning like sometimes, you know, say you didn't pick to grow up in Stockholm. Um, do you feel like, cause some people I, I interview and when we talk about this kind of thing and law of attraction and mindset and whatnot, they'll say things like, you know, no, at some point I know I chose to be there. Um, I need to take responsibility for that. Or is it a question of that's a lot I got given that I grew up in this area or this poor town or my parents divorced or whatever the story is, yes. but my responsibility begins with what do I do with it? What's your philosophy on how to find the responsibility or find mm -hmm. um, you being able to take control of things? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I've been very poor and I also, I, I am the opposite. So, and I, I knew that it doesn't matter really who you are, where you're from, what color of the skin you have or what country you're raised up in, if you have rich or poor parents. And that's what most people think is the cause. And I was exactly the same person. And that's what I call limiting belief because we think we're not good enough. We don't look good enough or we don't have the education enough or we don't have the rich parents enough or we are grown up in the in the wrong environment or the, or the wrong city. And we all have these limiting beliefs. But what I understood after going through harsh environments and being homeless and all that, it doesn't matter at all where you're from, how you look like, who you are. We all have the same brain. We all have the same mind. And when we learn how to use it correctly, anyone anywhere in the world can turn, can, can turn that around and become, become everything they want to be. So glad to hear that. And, and, you know, it's whenever someone has, I'm not making light of a sob story, but you know, we all have our sob story, right? We all have how we grew up. Whenever someone says, well, this is the reason why I can't I go, gosh, you know, through this, through this radio show and podcast, the more, the more successful people I've interviewed and gotten to know over my life, the vast majority had had a strong enough adversity that it is the thing that caused them to say, you know what, I got to change this. What would you do? You have children right now. I have one daughter. Yeah. She's yeah. How, sorry. How old's your daughter? Nine. Nine. Man, that's so. I have one son, and he's eight. Great. So this is a a big question I've I have in my life too. So I grew up with not that much, and you know I wasn't in a terrible place, but I wasn't in a great place, and I always wanted to strive to change that and to get into a new uh, position in life, so to speak, um, in 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 success, but also in service. When, we, when people like you and I were, were raising our kids, do you ever, are you ever concerned that you're raising a, a child and um, certainly she's going to have a different upbringing than you had, at least in terms of, of financial ability and abundance and opportunity maybe? Do you ever get concerned about maybe giving too much opportunity and making sure she has the adversity, uh, metaphorically or literally, to overcome? How, what's your take on parenting when someone successful like you has come from a hard background and you made something of yourself. Now you, the next generation comes from hopefully a better background. I, I'm concerned oftentimes about like our kids not having enough adversity. How do you approach parenting from that kind of standpoint? Well, that's a great question. And I think that every parent, we, we, need, to, we need to become better and better. And it's a learning curve. And Yes, of course, they, they will have another opportunity. They will have another future because they have parents that actually have everything, I would say. But they also need to understand the background of it and what, what the parents have gone through to be able to get that. And with my own daughter, I, I do need to, to, to educate her, tell them about my story and also, and also show her that any success, any wealth, any, any progress or growth, they, they're all hard, hard work behind. You need to work hard to get anything in life. And that's at least they can learn those. They can learn the principles and the mindset and how to be kind and good to other people. And at least they can take those power with them. And of course, they will have a better opportunity. But don't don't forget the core values and, and, and norms and all that that's, that you have as a human being. So I guess that's the most important part. For sure. Do you have any kind of practical, like on the ground ideas that you do, like uh, maybe how you would do, I don't know, allowance or, or chores or, you know, little strategies, like ways that you implement what you were just talking about? Because I, I, I love the concept too, and I fully believe in that, right? But I realized too that my son just isn't in the same household that I was in. So I can talk about hard work, but then he goes, oh yeah, yeah. 
Do you have any kind of practical ways that you that, that shows up for you? How you how you instill that and make it in a daily basis or throughout some of her actions? Well, I mean, we're all weak to our own kids, right? And they're very good at getting what they want because they <laughs> use you, right? And they know your weak points even when they're small. Oh yes. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, and it's all. But we need we need to also have discipline and tell them that they they can of course not get anything they want, and they need to do certain duties, so they need to to behave in a certain way or ask in a certain way to get those things. Because I do believe that a bit of it of work in home or helping out that gives them a reward, and it's with everything in life. It if you want something, at least do something so you're worthy of it, and you can get those things. And and that in our early stage, I think is important to understand. To, to let them understand that to get something in life, you have to take action. You have to give something back. You have to do something for others before you can receive what you want. So I think that's, um, that's an important value to, to, uh, to teach them. I appreciate that as a, as a parenting and leadership perspective. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about your first being able to break out in, in a business venture or real estate in Thailand. I know you, you land in Phuket, you're in the beautiful beach area. I mean, you're like in, in Southeast Asia, all throughout, and especially Thailand, I hear so much about the hospitality. You now are, you know, you founded 20 companies, you have 250 plus employees. Uh, every, you know, you own things, everything from a gym to a law office to a gas station to coffee shops to uh, building resorts. What was the very first business or real estate venture that you had the opportunity to do, and how did that come about? Well, I mean, I. I started from the bottom. My first job that I ever got was giving out brochures for a real estate office in the sun, eight hours a day, standing there in the in the heat and trying to get people in the door. And this was in Thailand. And that was in Thailand. Yeah, the 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 first one of the first jobs I got. And I mean that gives you strength because you if you start from the bottom and work yourself up, you learn everything about every department and every uh, every organization and how and how they run it and that's the key elements to to to, um, to run any kind of business or company later on so with that climbing from marketing executive to sales director and after forming my first company and the first company i ever had was a real estate agency so selling and, and how old were you then when i got when i opened my first company i was 27 years old so you, so that I mean that means you know you landed there around twenty, you said nineteen and a half, twenty years old. Now you're twenty seven. So you've really worked up through the ranks and learned a lot about. I'm assuming the the environment and the real estate industry there in Thailand and everything else. What was the first? So so you you started doing sales. Were you doing like um, vacation home sales, or did you get right into something on the commercial side? And no, what? we're selling residential uh, units, residential villas and houses and condominiums to, to, to clients. We we working with a lot of expat clients, or was yeah, it all? I would say ninety nine percent of all the clients, even today, are uh, not expats, but uh, it's a mixture of uh, tourists and expats. And we we're selling investments, holiday homes, so they can use it when they're here, and when they're not, we will take care of it, we maintain them, we rent them out. So it's a good investment. So. I would say majority are tourists that comes one or two times a year only. And some of them live there if they have kids and stuff and they move to Thailand. But yeah, that's, that's my clientele. So at that time they could buy from you and then you would also ma manage and take care of the rental and say, look, we can utilize this and make rental income while you're gone. And then you can use it for your vacation when you're here. And there's all sorts of great benefits. Exactly. How, how did you take the leap from that 
because that that's in America, that was my background as well. So I started working for these brothers doing uh, mortgages and real estate. At 22, oh, I started my first business and I was doing sales and doing loans. And then, but then, you know, it's my next piece was to start picking up properties for myself. Did yeah. you start like investing in your own pieces or what, what was the first major, maybe a commercial side of something or? Yeah. I was um, I, I did very well with my first companies um, and I started to acquire a lot of buyers and investors and I did I placed their funds and, and, and investments into good rental yield properties and some of them I managed to sell again and they got a good capital gain and they, they were making money of it. So after several years acquiring these people and helping them and making money for them, they had the trust in me so they... Uh, the, the, the bigger investors, they came to me and, and asked me if I ever considered being a property developer because uh, they had the, the funds and they saw that I was, I was good at what I'm doing. So they, um, they asked me if I, wanna be, if I wanted to be the developer and started to build uh, complete projects instead and have them as investors with funding in. So of course I said, yes, I've been, that's what one of my biggest. <laughs> of course I said, time. yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love to like, a, a, what do you attribute to them asking you? Is it because I know, again, you talk a lot about your mindset, law of attraction and that kind of that, that part of it. Hmm. Would you say, is that a hundred percent of it? Or is that half and the other half is the reputation you built and the hard work you put in and the trust you develop? Kind of where, where would you put, if you had to blame something on your success, what would you blame? I would blame exactly what you repeated, the mindset and also trust. I mean, the, the, any success, you have to have people and clients that trust you, that, that, that put the trust in you and gave you the funds and managed their funds. And, and, but to do that, you need to, be, uh, you need to make sure you make money for them first and you make, make good investments for them first. And they can see that putting the, the funds with you uh, generates more than other, other institutions, other or stocks or or a banks or whatever. So if you can do that and deliver that, of course the trust will be imminent, and they they, they will grow, you will grow in their eyes, and they will they will like to do bigger things with you. But also have to believe in yourself and know that you're good at what you do, and also never um, never doubt that you can do certain things, and also have the confidence to do it, and 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 believe that you can. That that's it's a combination of it all. So confidence breeds success, right? I, I certainly agree with that for sure. Now, at, at this stage, you know, you have, you have your book coming out with a forward by Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul, which is phenomenal. Uh, Homeless to Billionaire, The 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction and Creating Unlimited Opportunity. Um, and it looks like it's also, it's a Forbes book. It's co-written by Dr. Joe Vitale, Dr. Fire. Um, and I see too, you know, last year you did a phenomenal event. Uh, it was success events. And you do this, it looked like, I mean, there's Mike Tyson there, there's Jack Canfield, there's Joe Vitale, all these amazing speakers. What, what prompted the idea to go from, because again, our, our paths are so similar in a lot of ways where I went and saw Tony Robbins once and I thought, you know what, I need yeah. to do something on stage. I want to help change people's lives. And I went awesome. from real estate work, uh, investing, flipping uh, investor, and I moved into, or I added on and then moved into uh, coaching, speaking, and producing live events all over the world. What inspired you to say, "I'm going to put on an event"? And it's a pretty bold event too. To I know to bring in a guy like Mike Tyson and to bring in some of these big names um, from an event producer perspective. I understand the risk, the potential reward, and the the endeavor that really is. It's a lot of work. So congratulations first on producing a phenomenal event. Thank you. Um, but the question for me is, how? Where did the idea come from? 
And how did you kind of swallow the, the risk? Were, were you in the stage already where you just thought, you know what, I can do anything at this point. Look what we've done. Why not do that? Was it a very, hey, this will be easy because we know we have these principles? Or was it a, kind of a big gamble? What was that like for you? Big gamble and big gamble. I, I'm, I consider myself as a calculated risk taker. And to be able to be successful, you need to take risks. But you also need to calculate what's going to happen in worst case scenario. Can I handle it? Or what is the best case scenario? So you still still need to study the things that you want to establish or the, the things that you want to see materialize, right? And I know it was a big uh, a big risk taking these different kinds of people, but if you think about it, they all have a success story to tell. Mike Tyson, he became the world heaviest champion uh, heavyweight boxer at 20 years old. Jack Canfield is one of the, the most... Uh, successful self-development artists. Joe Vital, he's also one of them. They've all, both been in the season. I had Miss Universe there also talking, and she had her own success. So they all have a different path of success, different stories to tell. And, and that's what I want to put out to the people and, and put different people from different categories together so they can all hear the different stories. So that is the main core why I did it. And I, I know that this seminar, they changed my life. And I attended many different seminars from, from a lot of different success people. And I know that it really, really helps. But if you do take action and do the exercises and, and teachings and uh, that, that we all teach people about, because many people come to this seminar, they get inspired for a day or two, but then they just don't follow through. They don't do the things. They don't take action as where is the key element to any transformation. But I know that it helped me a lot because I started to do all these things that I really tell you to do. And I love having a diversity of people from different walks of life be able to talk together about their success stories and failures. Action versus just thinking and just positive self-belief. Uh, pretty obvious, I think, today. Because, so I mean, you know, when the, I remember when The Secret came out and one of the big hubbubs was like, it's the law of attraction. You can focus on what you want. It's so amazing. And then the massive backlash year over the years after was always, and even every expert in there said the same thing. And I've had many of them on my show and, 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 you know, know these people, they always say the same thing. Well, yeah, we didn't talk enough about action. You got to have a plan. You got to have your goals. I'd love to, in the, the kind of the final time we have together, I know you have a, a packed schedule today. Thanks for making the time today. No um, I want to get into your book just a minute here. Um, you have 18 principles of wealth. Could you share maybe your, know, your favorite or maybe the first principle that someone listening should know about what mm -hmm. it is and, and how to maybe begin implementing it? Mm. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I guess all, all, I think all 18 principles are important, but the, the first one that I started the book with is to lead a laser focused life. And we never get what we want in life because we don't know what we want. We don't put the goals forward. What is it that makes me happy? And what kind of goals do I have? What, what do I want to be, do, achieve or, or experience? And, and it's to know what you want because most people in the world, we never get what we want because we don't know what it is. So we need to find out what the things that we actually want to experience in life. So this is the first, the first key to any transformation or, or uh, manifestation and, and experience is to line up the things that you want to see in life. So I, I guess and there's just different methods to do that and to find those answers. Sometimes you just need to write the opposite of what you don't want. And then when you write the opposite of that, you will start to create a goal list. But I go through that more and more in the book, how it works. And also one of my favorite is what make me successful is the law of vibrational giving. So whatever you give out in, in life or, or to people or to the universe, 
then that will come back to you tenfold. But you need to do it with good intentions, with good feelings and emotions, and and also work to rise others. Because when we rise others, we lift ourselves up. And it also goes through to how to give in a good way to to people around you, to employees, or to friends and family, and actually have have them in mind and make them grow as well. One of the, one of the oldest principles. Uh to man, really, because this is not anything new. This is some of the, the oldest uh, principles in the world there. It's just simply sowing and reaping. And what you reap, what you sow, you will reap. Exactly. I think people misunderstand what that is sometimes. It's so much more on finance, isn't it? It's, you know, if you, if you want people to give you time, you got to sow your time and give your time to people. And if you want exactly. to, to reap kindness, you need to sow kindness. And I, I, I so love that you would write about that. Well, guys, you can get Andre's book, Homeless to Billionaire. It's on Amazon. We'll have a link on the show notes if you follow the podcast. Of course, you can get that there. Um, you can follow uh, Andres at Instagram at Andres Pira. It's A-N-D-R-E-S-P-I-R-A. Andres Pira dot official for Instagram. Make sure you get the official one, Andres Pira dot official. And Facebook is at Andres Pira. And of course, you can go to his website, andrespira.com. If you go to the website, you can, uh, of course, pick up the book there. We'll have a, an Amazon link on the show notes. But you can also download uh, his 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction. So we talked about a couple of them here. If you want to dive into that a little more, if you want to learn from a, a, a guy who created a billion-dollar uh, portfolio and has gone from really nothing to creating so much. And again, what I love about you, Andres, is you've created something that's not just your own wealth. You know, with over 250 employees, you're creating opportunity and you have a platform and you're creating an environment and you're really leading so many people to a better life as well. So if you want to understand those principles, get the 18 principles of wealth attraction at your website, andrespira.com. Andres, as I let you go and move on with the day, I have a final question for you, if I may. Mm. You've obviously been through a lot with your childhood from growing up and all the way to where you are now, if you could change anything along your journey and in your story, what would you change or would you leave everything the same? You know what? Uh, I've been thinking about that same question. If it, if, it was, if it was something I could do differently and what I found out is I wouldn't because if I would have done something differently, maybe I wouldn't be here today. So I will leave it exactly untouched because I learned from the failures and the mistakes and, and, and the, the depressions and sorrow and all this. So that actually made me stronger. So I will leave it exactly as it is. Phenomenal, phenomenal wisdom. Andres, thank you so much for your spirit. Uh, thank you for your mind. Thank you so much for your time. You've been awesome. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you out maybe at the next event in Thailand. Well, I would love to have you there. Uh, have you there. I'll let you know when, uh, when we have it. And hopefully I'll, I'll see you in person one day. Love to. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. Remember, follow Andres Pira, of course, at Instagram, andrespira.official, and Facebook, Andres Pira. Go to Andres Pira, A-N-D-R-E-S. That's Andres Pira's P-I-R-A dot com. Pull over on the road, stop where you are, go on your phone, and go to andrespira.com and grab that 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction. You, uh, I, I'm getting mine right now. Uh, I cannot wait to learn more from this uh, anytime you get to sit with a billionaire, it is time well spent. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the show if you haven't already. I sure appreciate it. Find The Driven Entrepreneur on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and 16 stations coast to coast. Looking forward to seeing you next time. As usual, get out there this week and crush it. 